You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, I'm Shovik Das. I'm Leslie Demonte and I'm Deepthi Ahuja. You're listening to Mint Tech Setra, a podcast where we will talk about important developments in technology and how they will transform our lives, work and play as we know it. Welcome back to Tech Setra ladies and gentlemen. Hi. Ladies and gentlemen. What's wrong with it? No. We should keep this intro in fact. It'll be very funny. Welcome back to Tech Setra. We have Leslie Demonte and the $200 spending Deepthi Ahuja who You are sitting a feet me. away from me. But you're still spending those $200 on I the robot assistant. I am and assistant. I'm also going to have my juta flying okay, somewhere. Okay, I have I have an honest question. Why haven't you spent that money already? I think I'm waiting for the whole thing to mature a little bit. I want things to be a little better and then I'm going to buy it. So, I am one of the early adopters. I generally am, but I also wait it out a little bit. But you're a mature early adopter. Is <laughs> how we take it. <laughs> Okay well, let's not let's not go down the rabbit hole now for now. Oh my god. <laughs> so yes, uh let's not go down the rabbit hole as Leslie just Do said. Do you realize how much free marketing you're doing for the rabbit? <laughs> well, you started it. I'm not. <laughs> And for all of you listening to Techsetra, um you know by now that Deepthi is an avid advocate for the brand Rabbit. But moving on from that, we come back on a week where OpenAI has um of course you remember openai as the people who made chat gpt um but they've made this thing rather they've presented the technical paper or at least the idea of this thing called sora and uh, sora like chat gpt can create things on your command you have to write a few words and uh, sora will generate a video based on those words So so far we've largely had um generative ai create text and then we've had generative ai create images and then we've seen and heard of generative ai creating audio and now we are at finally at that point where uh mainstream big tech is it safe to call open ai big tech lastly Yeah of course I mean in a sense it's 86 billion dollar valuation right <laughs> we want to call it big tech it That's surely true. cannot be small tech yes uh, so this big tech company has finally come ahead and presented this tool and of course I mean those who sort of uh, will protest against this they should remember that uh, Microsoft has a 49% stake in the company yes absolutely they've made yeah. significant investments in it So naturally when such a company makes uh, such a tool and speaks about it the entire world now stands up and takes notice because this can potentially affect multiple industries um with that in fact Leslie you've been covering AI since um well over many years now um how do you look at this what have what were your initial reactions upon hearing about it You see, undoubtedly, I mean, it's it's a great thing. I mean, when you hear about Sora, I mean, the kind of craze that you had over it was almost a year after you know uh, what happened with uh, ChatGPT. So, if uh, I mean, our listeners will uh, recall that uh, uh, on thirty first, uh, I think it was the first of December or thirty first of November. Uh, no, thirtieth of November. Thirtieth uh, of November. Twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty two. Yes. 
Yeah, I'm, yeah, mixing up with the years. Oh. But yeah, the interesting part was that when ChatGPT was launched, I mean, you look at it, in just two months, they garnered about 100 million users. Mm-hmm. So that was the kind of craze. It took the world by storm. Everybody started questioning whether, yeah, you know, our jobs are going to be intact or not. I think the same has happened. The craze has happened with Soda. But the interesting part is, you know, I think many people forget that there was already, uh, you know, uh, uh, text-to-video tools that existed. So there is Runway, there is Pika, there is Tape. Uh, video diff- diffusion, Meta has MU, and these are all text-to-video mob- uh, models. And more important is Google had its Lumia, and Google's Lumia was actually released on 27 January. Now, just think about it. So, when Google uh, launched Lumia, it claimed the very same thing that this is a kind of you know a, a path-breaking uh, 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 tool that we are putting out then because Google's diffusion model. Now, diffusion models based Basically, uh, to simplify it, they can generate data similar to the ones they are trained on. So, for instance, if the um, if a model is trained on images of cat, it can generate uh, similar uh, realistic images of cat. Now, Google's model, which is Lumia, which is again uh, a very good text-to-video tool, it can uh, it uses a different model called space-time unit, and this generates an entire video in one go. So. Th- the competition was already there. What perhaps, uh, so what Soda did was, I think the, the basically why people got crazy about it because it can create almost a one, up to a one media, uh, one minute video. And that is where, uh, you know, people started getting crazy about it because they were putting prompts. And then, you know, if you remember, Kunal Shah gave this prompt of, you know, some uh, uh, dolphins and all flying on bicycles. So that caught the craze of everybody. It yeah. went viral. And now everybody is creating, you know, this lovely, uh, you know, some uh, huge cats. I mean, the huge headed cats. And it's crazy. So your imagination is the limit. So people are playing around with Sona. But yes, there is competition. It's not that there is no competition. Has it outdone the competition? Uh, we'll have to see, you know, because there are t- we, we'll be talking about that during this uh, session. But uh, yeah, so th- these are my initial thoughts that I'm putting. Right. I like how the internet is still pretty much obsessed about cats. The first thing that comes of to course. our mind on testing a social media platform or an AI tool, everything is cats. Yeah. Have you, have you thought about it? Why? I haven't actually. I like dogs more. I thought it was because uh, I think images of cats were used to train an AI at some point. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's why I think people are just stuck on it. Yes. This is Yeah, I said something intelligent. <laughs> wow. It lends itself easily. I mean, the models have been trained on cats and dogs. Mostly. Yeah, that's true. Deepthi wishes it was trained on images of rabbits. Please, yeah, Leslie, tell him to stop. <laughs> Kids. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> moving on for that, but interesting, uh, Deepthi, what do you feel? You work in a company which creates content. Hmm. Um, you're in charge of creating podcasts and um, in some ways that also involves interactions with making videos. Yes. Um, what do you feel about this tool? Nogri to gai. Nay, I think it's amazing. Nogri kyu gai? No, no. One one just needs to understand how to prompt it. One just needs to have access to it. And then you can just do magic. You can do wonders with it, right? Especially for companies that are startups that uh, probably need to generate uh, videos for their mm. marketing purposes. And they're not able to do it. 
I think it's a boon for them. Of course, there then there is the other side. I mean, I've been a filmmaker at one point of time, right. and all my film uh, uh, groups are like blowing up with uh, Sora, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, Nokri guy!" <laughs> exactly what Leslie said, but that's actually not true. Right. Um, I think uh, we can do wonders with uh, Sora, especially even cinematographers, even mm-hmm. the producers. Right. Um, and and they can put that money to a better use elsewhere. Also, I think that, you know, um, to what extent will uh, I mean, Sora can't cannibalize its own data, right? It still needs data. It still needs images. It will still need videos to train right. on. So it's not like uh, people are going to stop making videos. Making videos, and in fact, that's something that uh, I was speaking with Chaitanya Chinchlikar, who is uh, in the hierarchy of Whistling Woods, uh, the film school. Yeah. He mentioned something similar. He was like, "I don't think this is going to lead to any filmmaker worth their salt losing their jobs because at the end of the day, what AI, what what Sorak still cannot do, it can synthesize a video based on you know your instructions and your prompts." but uh, it can't creatively imagine a narrative the way you know a film director would and uh, yeah. you know that that particular spark of imagination is what has led us to films like Tarantino's pulp fiction and um link later's before series so, no, it's, it's kind of like what animators used to be able to do uh with video uh, right. some it's very similar to what filmmakers directors real action uh, i mean live action filmmakers can also do with uh sora right, right? they can mix reality with a little bit of imagination yes. have cats uh, or penguins on a bicycle <laughs> i mean it's fun yes Absolutely. Yeah, I think you can you can keep on doing crazy things. Probably create parodies of films and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But I think see one thing I th- I think uh, it's important to look at all the shifts that have happened, the technological shifts. With every new tool, the capabilities increase. It does put certain people out of jobs if it's a routine kind of thing. So if somebody is doing something routine, uh, uh, AI has always uh, been a kind of. it's it's warning you that okay beware uh, you know uh, uh, get your skills uh, uh, start reskilling yourself uh, or start upskilling yourself uh, otherwise you will be out of a job that i don't think changes mm. okay so now if you look at uh, do we rely on uh, like the post office is still there but the post office has kept on reinventing itself or it has been forced to reinvent itself okay does not mean that people don't rely on post offices mm. we have the post office now the post office also sells uh, uh, you know uh, you you can go and buy some uh, share i mean you can do some uh, insurance stuff you can do the 10000 other things that you can do at the post office today right yeah uh, other than you know just having a postal services done uh so uh, and and the government is always there to you know help these kind of guys by uh, giving them enough business to keep their work but having said that uh, also look at certain things that uh, uh, if you go back to 2000 uh, when we had the dot com kind of boom okay everybody became an uh, internet uh, uh, website developer yes so everybody used to use html creators uh, websites every topic so the, the, look at these tools today everybody's playing around with so everybody's playing around but those guys who could make real good websites have survived hmm. those 
you know, the mom and pop stores haven't survived. But the guys who actually do the real development and real websites, they're still in demand. It's not that even today you want to make a, you don't use a ready-made tool. You use a ready-made tool as a framework and then build on that. And that's exactly what's going to keep on happening. So you will have more and more automation coming in. AI will start doing uh, more tasks as we move uh, ahead. But that does not mean that everybody is going to go out of a job. But where you require perhaps five people, you may require about uh, three people or you may require about two people. So that is bound to happen. And those two people uh, who are uh, who sort of uh, are no longer needed, they might be transitioned to another kind of job or... If they do not upskill or they are hesitant to upskill or reluctant to upskill, then perhaps uh, they could be in trouble. But other, I'm sure they'll find something else to do or companies will find something else to do. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. But interestingly, Leslie, there's another conversation uh, that is uh, brewing. Um, and Deepthi, you can probably add some insight since you're a part of this entire organization and setup. This conversations around what happens to copyright claims and IP rights, mm. and uh, it's anyway a really murky space. Everyone's claiming everyone's properties, everyone's, um, and on the internet we've seen you know it's very easy for videos to be reposted by another account, mm. and uh, there's a lot of sort of legal, I would say silos in terms of how copyright works on the internet. Um, and one of the things while I was speaking with uh, some of the game developers and filmmakers is that a couple of them were like, you know, I don't I don't see brands using an AI tool like Sora for a published work of marketing because they might expose themselves to some sort of a lawsuit hmm. where two brands might end up uh, putting in similar prompts and in turn end up with similar videos that are AI generated. And then it'll be a claim of who did it first and who did it different. And if they're too similar, then what happens? Which side will the court take? How will the regulations go? Um, So copyright and IP is a space that seems to be getting even more complicated with the advent of AI videos. Yeah, but that's not stopped any brand from exploring slash exploiting the space. Exploring, yes, but uh, would they actively use it? In the long run, see, as, if, if you're a small, if you're the small player, you probably won't, you know, uh, get into the public eye. But yeah. moment say you create something which is so astounding, something like uh, uh, at the level of a Picasso or a Leonardo da Vinci that everybody really loves and goes crazy about, that will go viral. Mm-hmm. Moment it goes viral, everybody would want to know the source of it. Yes. That is the time when you can get into trouble if you're not, uh, if if those images and videos, clippings, etc. are not licensed or you have not used a proper tool for that. That is where you can get into very serious trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, And, you know, for instance, uh, before we get to Sora, also just remember that um, uh, NYT has already filed a case against OpenAI and Microsoft on the copyright violations. Now, whether those, uh, whether the courts rule that this is fair usage of uh, data or whether that we'll have to wait for those uh, court rulings but that is going to be very definitive and it's going to decide the way uh, you know the world starts looking at copyright uh, mm-hmm. in india also we'll have to revisit our copyright world but the, uh, very interesting uh, even as we speak 
there was this guy um, called uh, Jake Moffat or something. So two years back, he purchased a ticket at uh, an Air Canada ticket to attend his grandmother's funeral, and he was under the belief that if he paid the full p- the price, he could you know sort of later uh, file a claim under the airline's bereavement policy to receive a discount. Now this was according to a ruling by this Canada's uh, Civil Resolution Tribunal, the CRT. Now. What happened? That particular information that he was talking about, that he would receive this, uh, uh, he the, the belief that he had that he would uh, be able to file the claim even after he had flown, was because the chatbot gave him that information, and this was the official Air Canada uh, website chatbot. Okay. okay. So he provided him with the uh, information. He relied on that information, and finally, when he went to the courts, he won the case because the courts ruled that okay, fine, whatever money he spent, uh, despite the fact they flight, but it was your chatbot that gave him that response, and he had proof of that. Right. So. Despite the fact that the bereavement policy does not allow for refunds of travel that has already happened, hmm. uh, Mofat had to be paid by the airlines. So hmm. you realize that there are, this is just one case that I'm highlighting. There would be 10,000 other cases or mil- hundreds and thousands of such cases that will come up. Because at some point in time, when somebody is playing with Sora or somebody is playing with it, they would come up with something, uh, you know, a kind of a video. Hmm. Uh, some twelve-year-old uh, uh, kid or somebody is playing with soda or with a chai repeat or something and comes out and puts it out. It goes viral, and somebody says, "No, this is a you know a copyright violation or an IP infringement or a trademark violation or something." Then what do you do? So enterprises, this is the reason why when users uh, sort of you'll you'll find users uh, uh, you know lap up these kind of newer tools hmm. very very easily, but. Companies and enterprises, conglomerates, etc., are extremely careful. That's when their legal departments get in. Uh, you know, say, wait, uh, it's okay even if we are not early adopters. Let us please check. So sometimes they are not stifling innovation. They are just telling you you need to be careful because the laws of the land will not permit us. And remember, uh, you're going cross-border on the internet. You don't even know where your uh, video will land. And if you build it for the client. Then who's who's uh, accountable? Absolutely. Like say somebody has offshored the work to you in uh, say Indonesia or India or Vietnam or Thailand or wherever it be under the sun. Somebody mm-hmm. would have offshored the work uh, from the US to some other country, uh, or from worse still from a European country where the laws are so stringent. Then what do you do? Absolutely, and Sorry. in fact, uh, I think that's what um, some of the people from the filmmaking community is saying that it's it's not just you know, black or white, that, okay, this, this AI tool is here and now filmmakers are going to go out of work. Yeah. No, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah, maybe, see, job, as I said, there are two ways of looking at One is, of course, like, you you think like a James Cameron would go out of a job or something like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Just no, look at the kind of work. For that matter of fact, Christopher Nolan, all of his films, all of the Oppenheimer, I mean, the, the most recent film, right, yeah. Oppenheimer, over there also, he used physical products. He did not have, he did not do any post, uh, you know, all of the Yeah, that's effects. like Nolan's thing, right? Yeah, he, all he of the effects, to... he didn't do it in post. He yeah. actually used projectors, you know, to get that vibration thing going on in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually used those kind of uh, effects with a, I mean, he, he created that whole thing in a physical space from a projector. So, Nolan is not going out of a job, but then again, we are not Nolan. Yeah, no, no, but no, the we don't even have to get to Nolan. Just you are 
are you have been a filmmaker you will remember that you had the green screen technology when it yes. came yeah, yeah so when it came, when it came everybody said okay now you know many people are going to lose their jobs what happened no still, not still exactly i mean you're still creating those kind of movies you're still using green screen you're still reducing cost but yeah the jobs the nature of jobs also change over period yes, of absolutely all those people who basically were in the editing uh, on the editing side and the post production side yeah. then they started gaining skills and they went into vfx sfx they did all of those kind of things right they learned how to use the green screen properly so that we yes. could have marvel <laughs> and uh, we could also have like really bad graphics in regional oh yes you know bengali movies have had some <laughs> of the funniest where mithun chakraborty <laughs> is flying in a sci bicycle and oh my you know <laughs> sort of taking down demons and stuff but you know they they still have your very interesting things. point shavik i like the point because i see that is exactly what is going to happen the Absolutely. quality of film making the quality of writing the mm-hmm. quality of editing the quality of videos the quality of work that will go up Hundred thousand notches above. So you know the bar will bar has been raised uh, or set so high that now to match those kind of bars that's going to be difficult. So I think more or less each and every time we are being stretched by all these newer tools to uh, you know perform magic. Other than they're saying okay, yeah, I've given you these tools. Uh, I've made life very easy for you. Now show us your magic. Come on. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Your creators who build on a creation, so yeah, I, it, it, why not? Because you know, the, it, it's always one. It's a it's a healthy way of looking at these kind of tools. Because see, at the end of the day, it's always human plus AI. We are, we always uh, the one way one school of thought is always to look at these technologies as those who are going to take away our jobs. Now yeah. that doesn't really always help, you know, because uh, you just look back at life and you'll realize that most of these Tools have come in handy. Like, it, see, you can use your smartphone to shoot a film, but which serious uh, filmmaker will use that? Despite the fact that iPhone has gone to town saying that okay, you can make films. Yes, but it has also iPhone has also created uh, opportunities for small filmmakers to make films, low budget films. And uh, on influencers to make videos and earn a yes. living on social media yeah. platforms. So both will oh, exist. To be very honest, I predict that uh, this kind of filmmaking will give rise to another genre completely. That's very possible. Cinema. Exactly. Right? Because you're involving, you're you're putting together um, your own reality, yes. and you're putting together. things that you imagine and yes. and it all turns out to be live action uh, filmmaking yes right so it it will probably most likely give birth to a new genre altogether which is amazing possible. that's quite possible and speaking of uh, creators and humans yes um lesley there's once again a lot of noise around satoshi nakamoto and <laughs> the founder of bitcoin i say once again because i think once in a few months every now and then we suddenly remember this entire debate and people suddenly go on detective mode and there are court battles and all of that so yeah, this is i think where the current one is because of his court battle with the cryptocurrency open patent uh, alliance so that is continuing and i think uh, last when i checked the price of bitcoin to the us dollar was something like Fifty-one thousand seven hundred and ten something. Yes, yes, Mind-boggling yes. sums. So it keeps on rising, falling. Uh, 
so uh, i mean just for our listeners if unless you have been living under a rock you would uh, honestly know who craig craig right and uh, uh, nakamoto are so nakamoto is basically the pseudonym for the creator of uh, bitcoins and craig right is uh, the guy who is now testifying that he is actually in reality the bitcoin uh, uh, founder yes. that has been questioned because he has been doing that for the last uh, 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 decade or so now the uh, point is i think because there is something like some something like 5.2 billion dollar at stake or something so yes. that's the reason why you know uh, this court battle uh, makes a lot of sense i'm not too sure of the outcome because it's a court uh, battle so we'll we'll see It but yes bitcoin prices have been going up i have, I, i have never bought a bitcoin I, i i don't know i've been very bullish on blockchain but never on uh, bitcoin uh, Deepthi, were you were you aware of who Satoshi Nakamoto was? He he is the Banksy of Bitcoin, right? I mean, yes. <laughs> that's how I would love to put it because we've never seen Banksy, so yes. you've never seen this guy. And 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 if someone is trying to, and even in the art world, if if say for example, someone some human tries to claim Banksy, right, it's going to have similar effects. I think. Well, the point is that when he when he. Non Bitcoin. He all these years he he wanted to remain anonymous. So how did he suddenly surface? Yeah, there is all of that also. Of course, there's always a mystery behind behind bitcoins, and that's why it survived for so long. It goes up, it goes down. Yes. But but I really want to know what's happening with uh, Bitcoin at this point of time. Should people actually go ahead and invest? Because last time there was so hey, much halla in India. Hello, hello, hello. Suddenly, government. <laughs> your laws, your laws will not allow you because. Correct. That's why. So, so in in India, I mean, I think the stand that if I'm not mistaken, and Shavik, you need to. Cross check, double check on this. Uh, the last I remember that neither has so RBI doesn't endorse uh, bitcoins. Mm. Neither does the uh, uh, finance minister of India uh, talk about bitcoins. So they have not said that it is illegal. They can't. They have not done that. Uh, neither have the courts said. But uh, the system is such that today you are taxed on bitcoins, is treated as income, any earnings, right. and a lot of these cryptocurrency exchanges have come under the scanner. Uh, world over, also a lot of crypto exchanges have gone underbelly. Mm, uh, yes. So, I, all these factors have led to you know the uh, loss of trust. in bitcoin as a currency uh, and then uh, the when india came up with its own uh, cbdc yeah. uh, then uh, that did uh, you know sort of uh, cure the pitch if i were to put it uh, mm. so as of now i think those who have the bitcoins with them uh, they keep on trading in uh, them but i don't i'm not too sure of the new numbers whether anybody is trading volumes bitcoin. in fact on indian exchanges lesley has between that entire peak of the hype cycle where uh, you know everyone was trying to go after crypto to make a quick buck um, since then trading volumes have reduced by nearly 90% i was checking right. the order books of the indian exchanges wow so yes that's the Sort of level of low confidence that people have. Yeah, I have never been bullish on Bitcoin. More because of the regulatory part of it. Because I always sense that you know the world over, it's it's strange because you had uh, uh, many big uh, banks also support uh, Bitcoins at one point in time, mm-hmm. and then suddenly you know uh, all of them sort of uh, became very lukewarm to Bitcoins. Yeah. Uh, 
so that i found a little strange and then of course because of the regulatory hassles that they because it's a federated uh, the point is you have to understand why bitcoins bitcoin nobody can control it and governments yeah. don't like something that they can't control especially, especially when it comes currency <laughs> absolutely yeah but see when it comes to currency i would tend to agree with that because a lack of trust in a currency like today you know that if you are giving somebody else a rupee it will be honored it will have to be honored yes, yes now with the bitcoin i don't know what to do with it at this point of time especially in a country like india abroad mm. uh, yeah you can you can play around with bitcoins elsewhere uh, it's being traded in other currencies so i would say uh, personally that given the current regulatory uh, laws in india the limitation that we have and the uh, sort of uh, what would i say the reluctance of the government and the reserve bank of india to even uh, you know take a closer look at uh, bitcoins i'd say i'm not too sure if it's a very wise decision to uh, invest in bitcoins personally definitely mm. definitely i said this is a personal take definitely but uh, you know before we wrap up i just one last question which we will end on which is that what would really be the difference or the impact that could happen if we found out who satoshi nakamoto was would it make a difference that's the question i guess i, I think leslie's just pointed out would it make a out. difference would it make a difference if we found out who banksy was actually no i won't care Banksy in itself is a brand, right? Yes. And and uh, I think that would take away the mystery of Banksy to quite an extent. So exactly. I would want that to happen too. It's like the Mona Lisa, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certain things are meant to be mysterious. Yes. And uh, on that mysterious note, we will come <laughs> to an end of yet another week of Techcetera as always. Please let us know if you would want us to talk about something else, if you'd want us to discuss anything specific. If you liked what we've said, if you disliked what we've said, uh, we are all accessible on email as well as on our social platforms. That's it for this week. See you next time. Bye. So, folks, that's it for this episode. You are listening to Mint Etc. You can reach out to us on LinkedIn if you have any questions. Our handles are in the description. This episode was produced by me, Deepthi Ahuja. It was edited by Amrinder Singh. Catch you next week. To stay updated on this podcast, follow us at HD Smartcast on all the major social media platforms. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to www.hdsmartcast.com. Hold up. 